to the Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solution Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This pod and video series is designed specifically for point-of-sale resellers and software developers, and our goal is to educate you on the topics of technology, leadership, management, sales, marketing, and other small business best practices. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about cannabis vertical opportunities for point-of-sale solution providers with special guest Harry Brelsford of 420 MSP. Now, Harry has experience and knowledge in both the managed services provider community and also in the legal CBD and cannabis market. And Harry and I go way, way back. Harry, it's great to talk with you today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. So, Harry, uh, can you please introduce yourself to our audience, and I'm hoping you can touch on SMB Nation and your history there, also the books you've published, and also 420 uh, MSP, please. Sure. Well, I fancy myself a uh, a, a career entrepreneur. I uh, was an employee of a large regional accounting firm in the late 90s dot com era when Small Business Server came out. But essentially, uh, I'm unemployable and can't hold a job, so I found myself being more of an entrepreneur, and it's just the shoe fits, as it were. Um, that said, so let's let's start with that marker. Uh, uh, exited the accounting firm in uh, late '99 and started SMB Nation. So SMB Nation, we like to be thought of as a community of enthusiastic um, geeks, for lack of a better word, and. What that means is we we believe with the small business server era and beyond, we captured the enthusiasm and excitement of, uh, say, the Macintosh community. The early Macintosh community was a really tight community. So that's that's where we like to play with SMB Nation here yesterday, here today, here tomorrow with the MSP community. However, um, uh, Jim, as you know, you know, the MSP community is evolving. And, and, and that's been the case for a number of years, not, not just the current world. And so uh, I've done a couple of different startups over, uh, over the past few years, uh, Predictive Analytics one for a couple of years in Seattle. Three years ago, started getting my head into the, uh, the, the serious side of the cannabis technology supply chain. And Seattle was a great place to do that. We're of course, since 2012 legal, and there's a lot of talent here, a lot of technology talent targeting that vertical. So the, I, I realize we'll talk about that today. Finally, the books. Um, I have my little, you know, camera ready bookcase such as yourself, but these are the books I've written um, over the years. Uh, somehow I learned how to type uh, for a Microsoft certified professional magazine back in the mid nineties and blah, blah, blah. And that uh, translated to books. and. Um, it's been a good ride. You know, books uh, books are a great calling card, um, but uh, books do not a billionaire make. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that is true. I tell people Stephen King makes money off books. Almost nobody else does, right? Like it's uh, something that you said. It, it really it does a good job of getting you attention, building up that authority, but it's not like big residual checks uh, are yeah. coming in. What are you gonna do? <laughs> right, right. But it's still a still a fun thing to do. You won't you won't stop doing them. What are some of the titles of of your books? If you can share that with our audience. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, a couple that I always like to point out. Well, you know, this is probably the book that made my career was in the late '90s. Uh, Sam's uh, Macmillan was the publisher. Teach yourself small business server in 21 days. And Jim, the reason I, I go back to that that's probably my first real hit in my niche. But more importantly, the, the design of the book 
the 21 days was brilliant because it aligns with the academic community. So it um, theoretically could have been used for a, a 17 or 16 week semester, right? It lined up really well for uh, the, the use. And I, I wrote the book that way, that within a semester, you could become an SBSer. Now, the, the book that by far sold the most, um, I did the Windows Secrets book for IDG, now John Wiley, and that sold by far the most um, and uh, went to multiple printings and so on. Um, Jim, that's back when people went to Barnes and Noble at the lunch hour and bought yeah. a couple of books, right? IT pros would come back to the op and, and actually read them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe one more example. Uh, shout out to uh, Microsoft. Um, so the, the resource kits. And again, this is back when they had resource kits. <laughs> okay. But that was really cool because you're working with yeah. the developers on the floor with the hidden hooks and the Easter eggs and secrets. Really cool. Got it. Very nice. Well, thank you for that. And so let's bring it to modern day. You mentioned 420 MSP. And one thing you talked about uh, at your 420 MSP Cannabis Conference, which uh, thank you for having the, the RSPA on, uh, have, for having me on uh, as a guest there. Uh, again, it's a 420 MSP Cannabis Tech Online Conference, first week in June. Uh, did a lot of interviews uh, there, a lot of conversations. A big thing you stressed was when we're talking cannabis, we're not talking about tie-dyed shirts, hippies, things like that, like almost the stereotypical of the, yeah. the marijuana market. Can you talk about when you say the cannabis vertical, what are you talking about? Uh, how should our audience understand that? Well, you know, I uh, suggest, uh, as, as, as you alluded to, um, this, this is not a lifestyle community. So 420 MSP is not the right place to uh, wear a tie-dye shirt and all that. It's far closer to the, the serious side of the industry. And when in doubt, lead with the uh, medical side first, right? And and keep it serious. And a lot of people are passionate about that, right? About Jim, everybody's got someone in their family that's benefiting from uh, appropriate medicinal use for maybe uh, aches and pains. So CBD, um, uh, what what have you. So keep it serious. Lead with medical. I would throw hemp in the mix too. Um, hemp is part of the conversation, and that's a uh, uh, legal in all 50 states. That's industrial hemp, and that's a serious opportunity um, that's here today. And then finally, uh, yeah, go ahead and get into the recreational side. Again, it's it's very serious. Uh, there's a lot of compliance issues and so on, but that's how I would recommend that, that you get into it is um, leave the recreational maybe a little bit further downstream and until you you know, learn the, the vertical. Got it. So if anybody is looking for a whole bunch of cannabis puns, right, or stereotyping or joking or something like that, that's not what Harry and I are going to be doing for the next, you know, 25 minutes or so, right? Like this is a, a serious business vertical that obviously has some different challenges. But a lot of folks I've talked to talk about the wine, beer, and liquor vertical. It's almost like, I don't want to say the next step from that, but there's more relations to that. Like you just don't make a whole bunch of kegger headstand or keg stand yeah. uh joe's kind of shows how unfamiliar i am with that so we'll talk about that so before we dive into that so our audience today is point of sale vars and isv so in retail restaurant grocery and c store solution providers there from your conference what do you think were some of the biggest takeaways for that 
that audience? It was across four days, there was a ton of takeaways. What are maybe one or two that come to mind that you'd want to share with this group? Yeah, from an aspirational point of view and, and being opportunistic, um, I think a, a key point uh, that, that I emphasized then, I want to emphasize again, was that in most states, most legal states, uh, that the uh, the cannabis vertical received the essential services tag uh, for early on in the pandemic, and and that did a couple of things. Um, it validated the the opportunity. And again, let's let's kind of keep our focus uh, on medicinal now. Medicinal is sold in dispensaries, so your audience can capitalize on that opportunity. And there's probably recreational too. But the essential services tag um, validated the, uh, the 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 vertical and accelerated um, the conversation. So literally this morning, uh, I had a uh, uh, a chat with uh, Chuck Maines, the head lobbyist um, for the state of Texas for the hemp industry. We talk once a month, and he was giving me some procedural updates and administrative code and what lobbyists do. But uh, he helped the city of Dallas um, give the CBD dispensaries the essential services tag early in the pandemic. And uh, today he shared that the landscape in Texas is changing very, very quickly uh, due to revenue shortfalls and um, shifting, quite quite frankly, some shifting winds politically. That's not why we're here. But he, he was reporting factually to me that it's shifting quickly. So I I I, I want to roll kind of with the shifting winds nationally, and then the uh, the essential services tag, and and then finally uh, the long term uh, invest forward mentality. So we are at the very beginning of this era, um, and and it might have been used. Someone said, imagine being there at the beginning when uh, prohibition was taken away, right? And family fortunes were made <laughs> thereafter. Um, that's where we're at. So, you know, there's some near-term opportunities, but I think more importantly, Jim, it, it's it's a little bit longer-term investment. It is accelerating, but you have members that get that. You know, you have to invest forward. Right, and more and more every day. I just had a conversation with a reseller on Monday who's been in, I mean, second generation. It was father, daughters running the organization, uh, restaurant vertical. Everything's restaurant, restaurant, restaurant. And now they're talking about, man, this pandemic has really hit us hard. What verticals would you think we should pivot to? And so he went through, pulled up a list of them of all the ones to consider. Cannabis was the one of most interest to them. And I guess if you can also, before we get into the opportunities and challenges, they also, um, they talked about they do business in Illinois. And so Illinois is one of the states. What are some of the key states where you think there's the biggest opportunity? I know that was a big thing that came out of this, uh, out of your conference. It is going to be sweeping the nation at some point, but where are some of the near-term opportunities from a state standpoint that solution providers can jump in right away where it's illegal? Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, Illinois is number one. Uh, thank you, be, because it just went legal um, on the books uh, January 1st of 2020, and now we're just past mid-year. And um, they are behind plan in terms of issuing or awarding the licenses. And behind plan is actually good for your membership and, and my community, because that means we haven't missed out. Right, and and so it's a green field, and so when these awards are made, um, a date to be determined. They were supposed to be May first, <laughs> so date to yeah. be determined. Um, People got busy. Yeah, things were things were going on differently. 
yeah, and my experience with the rollout has been it takes anywhere from six to 18 months, right? So it, it, if, if you're awarded a license on September 1st, realistically, you're not opening the doors till, till January 1st, maybe a little bit later. There's some procedural hoops. There's the physical nature of, of retail, right? The dispensary and building permits and electricity and, and all that. So it's, it's a slow roll. That's number one. Number two, uh, I'm going to go with Michigan. Michigan has been legal, uh, I believe, for uh, yet an additional year. But here again, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a slow roll for them. Um, and then number three would be California. Now, California has, has been legal for some time. But for whatever reason, it's just been chaotic um, in California, and chaos creates opportunity. So, so maybe two examples of chaos. Um, one is you have, uh, and if you can picture this, down by LAX, you know, there's a lot of the little neighborhoods with one and two story buildings down by LAX, um, and uh, you have a lot of illegal dispensaries, right? So you have people just kind of putting up a sign and a logo, and they're actually not licensed. Um, the state is spending an inordinate amount of effort on enforcement, and, and that's taking away resources that they need to really accelerate the, the legal uh, dispensaries. Um, and, and, and then number two, you know, California is just California. I mean, it's harder than it looks. I mean, that's, a you know, what, the fourth biggest economy in the world, and um, it they're, they're behind. But again, that's good. <laughs> Because as we talk here, you're not too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And California has cannabis regulations, of course, but then they also have their typical uh, higher than average uh, regulations as well. One of my favorite quotes, uh, Gil Cargill, who you might know, uh, he uh, spoke a lot in the uh, uh, managed services industry, uh, was a sales coach. And he would say in his deep voice, he would say, uh, in California, we don't hire employees, we adopt them. And so all sorts of regulations you can kind of help uh, help folks cut through. Um, so, okay, well, thank you for those states. So Illinois, Michigan, California, there are some other states uh, where it is legal as well. Um, and then there's some that'll be on the horizon, but that'll be uh, for another day for us to talk about. Let's talk about this channel in particular. So can you frame up for our audience both the opportunities for solution providers and then also the challenges in the whole cannabis CBD hemp vertical? Now, you're way closer to it than me, but my understanding is they're both commensurately large. Great opportunities, but huge challenges, more than maybe any VAR has ever seen before. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, two thoughts. Uh, number one would be um, partnering. Uh, so your audience uh, has domain expertise and point of sale, right? My audience is the traditional managed services providers, so they're gonna wake up in the morning thinking about cybersecurity and, and uh, uh, ECP IP packets, getting the getting through the firewall, that kind of thing. Okay. And um, what I've seen uh, over the years, Microsoft has encouraged the IAMCP, a, a trade group of Microsoft partners has encouraged, is partner to partner. And I think this is a perfect chance to do that, that I'm, I'm assuming some of your audience has little desire to uh, run cable and, you know, rabbit ears, the Wi-Fi and, 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 and this and that. And, and that's, that's what our audience does. So I would say, number one, the, the opportunity is partnering. Number two, 
would be uh, business acumen. So, and this came out in the conference. So uh, let, let's assume for a second, my audience, but more importantly, your audience um, that's on the line, essentially uh, they have started, owned and operated a technology reseller or consultancy practice, right? They, they, they school of hard knocks, um, uh, MBA from life experience, that kind of thing. And that is needed, uh, you gotta wear that hat. You gotta wear that hat when you come into the cannabis vertical, especially at the dispensary level, um, where these are, you know, the personas are, are, are very interesting, Jim. You have people who came from the black market, so they're uh, not the best business people, um, and they're a little paranoid, and they're also being, uh, well, maybe we'll talk a little bit later about marketing to these people, but they're also, um, you know, suspicious and hit on all the time by solution providers. So, you know, driving up, leaving two cards, uh, two business cards with the store manager, that, that's not gonna work. There's other tactics to, to integrate into that community. Um, and, and, and then on the, on, on, on the business acumen chaos side, you know, you can possibly be uh, a hero. So, so think of it this way, there's an association of CPAs, accountants and bookkeepers um, shout out to Dope CFO, uh, not totally on board with the name, but Dope CFO out of Bend, Oregon, they, they, and they do great work. So they're, they're kind of like 420 MSPs for accountants and CPAs, right? And um, there's an opportunity for you to be uh, a, a term you're fond of, but that, the trusted advisor. And, and maybe you can even be the conductor that helps orchestrate some of these, you know, the lawyer and the insurance. And so, you got to think bigger, Jim. That's that's I think we're all in my answer is you got to think much bigger than uh, cash registers. <laughs> yeah. So I guess talk about that. You said about business acumen. Um, and so is it, hey, here's how you run a retail shop, because I think that's part of what we uh, had touched on during the conference was a lot of these uh, folks started off as they were just selling the cannabis product. But then they realize, well, I can add on all sorts of, I know peripherals isn't the right word, but all sorts of other, you know, tangential uh, retail products as well. And so that makes their business more complex. Is that essentially what you're saying to our audience in terms of they will have to do some schoolwork on the cannabis vertical, but there's a lot that they bring in terms of customer experience, technology, inventory, things like that, that they would really be able to teach some of these cannabis business owners. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, yeah, that no, that that's correct. And I don't have a huge retail background. I I touched retail, uh, did did a, a gig, did some work with Gateway uh, Computers, Gateway Country Stores in the early 2000s. They were gorgeous. Learned a little bit about retail. Put the repair uh, window at the back of the store to make people walk through the store to deposit their computer to be repaired. You know what I'm saying? So I picked up some things. Now, give you a better answer. Agate Dreams, a dispensary over here uh, in Kitsap County, I live across the bay in Seattle, and um, they are uh, funded by an Indian tribe. That's a whole other story in terms of some of the legalities there. But when they opened up, uh, Jim, they, they, they just had the glass retail display cases kind of in a little square with a couple of cash registers. They had all this empty space. Where are the t-shirts? Where's the glassware? Where's maybe a little fun virtual reality thing over here for customers to have some giggles? Um, today, 
I'm I'm proud to say I, I didn't offer my advice, but it, it was up here. But now you go in and they have clothing, they they have all the ancillary goods that go with it, they have books. Does that make sense? That that's where I see some of the opportunity beyond the standard business workflow that you were outlining, inventory and so on. Got it. If they can say, hey, here's really how to set up a store. Here's the way that you're going to move a lot of the merchandise and set up your product better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, I'll get silly for a second, but I, I'm assuming it wouldn't be against regulations, but may, maybe they have a brick pizza oven over here cooking up little pizzas because, as you know, um, sometimes when you, you consume cannabis, you get the munchies. But but yeah. you see okay. how I'm thinking is what, what are complementary yeah. products, right? <laughs> yeah, to make it more of an experience rather than just almost like a garage sale. Like that's a lot of times it seems like some of these rudimentary places just set a bunch of stuff on a table and, and that's how they sell it. Let's talk about the partnering aspect because one thing that really struck me was um, how many of these MSPs knew, like you said, about that networking component or they were all the way back in the grow stage and they're like, I know agriculture. And I'm thinking, man, I haven't crossed agriculture in the, you know, in the tech market in maybe forever, but in the RSPA world, we, you know, our group doesn't know agriculture, but you saw these agriculture and other traditional MSPs, they get to the retail establishment and they're like, well, I guess it's just some POS system. Like they didn't know the nuances from that. Can you talk about how you see these partnerships potentially forming what either one can bring uh, to each other to make it work and how they help each other? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, synergy, but let me give you a, a, a family story. My dad once said, uh, my dad was a career lawyer and uh, actually back in the days when lawyers liked being lawyers, I mean, he really liked being a lawyer, you know, old school. And he said, you know, um, these these fellows that are both a CPA and a lawyer, or they're a medical doctor and a lawyer, right? So a medical doctor might be an expert witness in lawsuits. Um, he said they're they're typically not good at both, right? The CPA would be closer to the mark. They're 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 not the best accountant and they're not the best lawyer, right? There's returns to specialization, as we say in economics. And, and that's how I kind of view this, is that there's just not enough hours in the day to be a master of, uh, of, of all trades. You know, pick, 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 pick your niche within a niche <laughs> and stick with it and then um, partner up, right? And, and put time into the relationship. What I found with joint ventures and partnerships, um, and, and in fact, later today, I'm going into Seattle for my weekly meeting with a, a cannabis organization that we're trying to do more partnering with in 2021. But but Jim, I go in uh, one day a week. I'm investing my time. I know you have to have that weekly meeting or cup of coffee or lunch to make these partner to partner relationships work. Um, I've seen and, and been the victim and the perpetrator of many a failed partner-to-partner -partner relationship because you, you think you have agreement, but this stuff doesn't just happen on its own, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th these are not going to be your traditional, hey, you're a software partner. I'm a hardware reseller. Let's sign the agreement and move forward. It seems like it almost to be a customized based on each other's specialties, and they're really going to have to get to know each other to figure out where they're going to share, but they certainly can lift each other up and, and drive more business, providing that total solution, which nobody else really seems like they could. Yeah, and, and then throw in uh, maybe one, one additional thought would be, uh, depending on the state, you either have vertical integration or you don't. So 
Um, the state of Washington does not have vertical integration. I believe California does. And so that means, you know, that one corporate entity could be the grower, the processor, and, and the dispensary. Um, that's a very different supply chain motion than, than, than here, where they have to be separate entities, right? And, and that's okay, because that kind of plays into the traditional MSP with infrastructure is probably going to be happier upstream at the uh, grow level and the processor manufacturing level we we get that right and then the point of sale even even just over the years uh what was it microsoft retail systems about the two, mid 2000s they they had a play um that was not a natural act for a lot of Microsoft partners, if that makes sense, right? That that we 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 kind of struggled to get our arms around that one. <laughs> for sure, it's a different world. I mean, it's a radically different, uh, radically different vertical. And I guess before I ask, I have one more question before we take a, a commercial break. One thing, and this will tie in with the challenges, because that's my question for you: the challenges that uh, the retail IT industry will face with the cannabis market. Just like you saying, there's grow. There's process, there's a dispensary. It seems like where retail IT solution providers could play is more at that dispensary level as opposed to getting into the grow and, and the production, the production or the processing, uh, as you say. So I, I guess that's kind of leading into my question about, can you talk about the challenges in the cannabis market for our audience? And I feel like, Harry, I can go walk down the hallway, I can take a nap, come back, and you can still be talking about it because yeah. there's so many different challenges to it. I won't do that. But uh, let her, let her yeah, rip. talk about one. the different challenges. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give you one that I think uh, is beneficial today. So um, the uh, consolidation, uh, and that's a natural maturity of any industry, right? So cannabis a couple of years ago kind of had dot com, right? And crazy money being thrown into the sector. And then last year was a natural correction, right? Which, which is what markets do. That was uh, the 2019, and don't, don't you know, guys, don't get mopey on me. That that's okay. That's okay to have a natural correction, catch your breath, and now you're starting to see that long curve, right? Of um, much like the internet era and coming out of dot com, dot com, and Uber was born and Netflix was born and so on, and that's where we're headed. So, you know, keep that top of mind that there's going to be consolidations with the dispensaries because you're seeing less and less and and, and, and i'm thinking of uh between here in port townsend lovely little tourist town there's this you know hairpin corner and there was sort of a two-person dispensary in a log cabin called seaweed and <laughs> Uh, the, the puns just hurt me, Harry. I mean, I know. Dope, dope. What was it? Dope CFO seaweed. All right, keep yeah. going. Yeah. So, so you know, one of your audience members maybe was able to go in and put in one or two cash registers with seaweed. Um, but seaweed is is got all the look and feel of a lifestyle business, and probably isn't going to make it long term as we see consolidation. We see large chains. Um, of uh, dispensaries, MedMen and, and a couple of others, right? So um, that's more your world, but I think that would be the strategic conversation, right? Is is to accept that we're headed into consolidation. Now, here's the good news: it's going to take a decade. Okay, so good news is we have a, a green field. <laughs> 
Got it. Thank you, Then we'll, uh, When we get to the other side, we'll talk about some of the challenges of gathering information because there's a lot to learn about this market. But let's pause here for a moment to let our listeners and viewers know an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. The RSPA has expanded its VAR and ISV member benefits to include discounts on health insurance, HR services, office supplies, and shipping. Also, RSP members now have access to a legal advisor, security advisor, and a VAR and ISV business advisor. And Harry and I will be talking in the near future about maybe a cannabis community inside the RSPA, but but I tease. Uh, so all of what I mentioned, except the cannabis community, uh, all included in your annual RSP membership, which a reseller starts at just $250 a year. That's 68 cents a day for these high value services. You can accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thanks to our sponsors who support the RSP community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, ScantSource, and Shift4 Payments. Uh, and then so to receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Um, so, Harry, we looked at this market from a macro, you know, 30,000 foot level. So if we can get granular now and talk about some specific actions that retail IT solution providers should take. Now, first, they have to get the knowledge before they get the skills, before they make the sale. So how can they get educated on this vertical? Of course, besides subscribing to receive RSP content and going to 420 MSP and signing up to receive uh, your content as well. What are some reputable organizations, shows, websites, media outlets? Because it seems like that is the first step for, these, uh, for anybody who's listening to us who's not familiar with this market to gather information. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a, a couple of uh, thoughts that we'll start with uh, uh, the analytics. So let's let's start as a, a, a thinking person, okay? And and then I'll get a little more granular. But uh, just yesterday, I keep looking off screen, and and the reason is is yesterday I was invited to um, a uh, an online event uh, over the next couple of afternoons. Imagine that, <laughs> like we did in early June. Um, but it's BDS Analytics, BDS Analytics, and they are kind of the uh, the go-to on um, you know the the market size, market opportunity, blah blah, economics, and so on. Think of them as a Forrester or a Gartner, but in this space. And so here's the deal: on short notice, uh, and I, I wish I'd had more runway to work with them and get accepted as an analyst and not just a, a, a community, um, they had a thing uh, over the next, well, currently as we're speaking, but uh, MJ Unpacked. So again, a couple afternoons uh, this week. And they had a speech yesterday that I think makes my point. Uh, Tamar Maritz, a VP of Business Development at BDS Analytics, um, gave a speech on the future of cannabis retail. Okay, that's that's a direct hit, <laughs> yep. and um and and they they and it was a panel and they know what they're talking about and so on. So I'm going to recommend BDSA as a starting point. Then the other one is uh, uh, a publication that has two. It serves two masters, but it does it well. It serves the growers, which is not the conversation we, we necessarily want to have today but it also serves the retail and, uh, side in the dispensaries, and it's called Marijuana Venture. So Marijuana Venture is a magazine you can get, 
And Jim, they're the people that put the show on that you heard me mention a couple of times uh, in our interaction, Rad Expo, Retail and Display Expo, okay? Radexpo.com. And um, they uh, still have on the calendar for early October in Las Vegas. It's a reasonable show, a couple hundred bucks. It's both a lecture and walk the floor. Here's the, here's the cool thing, and, and I've gotten to know them pretty well. The cool thing is it's a smaller show, and it's by design. It's a business-to-business show. And, and Jim, that's very important because you've heard me brag and talk, and I'm going to go again. Uh, you know, fingers crossed it'll happen in early December. But MJ BizCon, you know, the, 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 the biggest show of all, um, yeah. kind of like CES, right? I mean, it's, it's the big one in Vegas. But that's quite frankly uh, grown into a huge lifestyle show. Um, people are celebrating. Now, 1,300 vendors, it's also serious. And, and you should go. And again, it's under $500 to walk the floor. Uh, it's not, it doesn't have a reputation for lecture. Okay, that's not what they really do. Um, and Jim, one year when I went, the waiting list or the, the the line to get into a one hour lecture was one hour. You had to wait one hour in the line to get into a one hour lecture. Wow. And it, it, it's more of a walk the floor and educate yourself. So that those are those are three suggestions that I think we can get our arms around. BDS uh, analytics, anything they do, uh, marijuana venture is a direct mm -hmm. hit. And then, you know, good golly, Miss Molly, you, you got to go to MJ BizCon. I mean, you just got to go, but manage your expectations, but you will come out wiser for it. <laughs> yeah, and MJ BizCon is currently scheduled for December 2nd through 4th in Vegas. And I know, uh, you know, some of the folks who are in our industry, doing Dwayne Roebuck from Blue Star uh, has been to that event. I think Dave Albert, who uh, we had with Dwayne and also Brian Meyer uh, from Solvent, we did a, a cannabis CBD podcast earlier i believe he had attended that as well and that's what people say like it is drinking out of multiple fire hoses like there's no doubt about it that you really want to prime yourself you don't want that to be your starting point uh, mj bizcon because there's just so much to to sort through and sift through well and think of it if you don't mind think of it this way uh you got to do it once okay you just you, you got to go to mecca and you got to do it once now I, I think the risk of MJ BizCon is it, it's it's the big dog. It's trying to be everything to everybody. And it could go the way of Comdex over the next decade, right? So Comdex was the big dog until it wasn't. And then shows got much more specific. And that's just natural maturity. So go, go to MJ BizCon so you can say, I was there. <laughs> Great. And there's also somebody says, well, I can't make it to these um, events. They have newsletters as well. Like I've signed up for the MJ BizCon yeah. newsletter and you can see what are the things that they're talking about. See so you stay in touch uh, all year. So, well, good. And that's a big thing. So you have to get educated on this market. And thank you, Harry, for those three resources. Again, in addition to 420 MSP, you want to check that out as well. So we touched earlier, uh, you talked about partnering, how important that was. How should a VAR go about finding the right cannabis partners where should they even you know is it these shows is it are there other lists that they can find is it just internet searches how do you find the right potential msps to partner with yeah still a work in progress um you know I, i'll take a i'll take a, a side note on that because one thing we could do especially in 2021 and we're forward planning right now 
but I might be able to assist with that in terms of putting up a directory, right? We're, we're not a trade okay. group, we're a community, but we kind of behave like that. We consider you a member and we can have people opt in if they will allow their identity to, to be exposed. Um, but the, the, you know, the other thing would be uh, check out the different meetups um, in your city or start a meetup. So meetup.com, is the the best kept secret right that's a really powerful organic search engine um and i created a seattle cannabis technology meetup gym and i did it for some screenshots for a book i wrote on how to be a cannabis msp and so on and i forgot about it and i paid 23 dollars a month to keep it alive and good golly man I, I went back one day and we're already over 70 members organically so now it's like well i better have a meetup and and that was the idea of a little bit of a matchmaker right because a lot of the members uh or the people that signed up for the meetup are business owners uh, a couple are it pros looking for to change careers you always have that with meetups the people that bring their resume to the thursday night meetup um and 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 then you have the msps so I would recommend that. And then, uh, but we're so young, you, you, you raise a really interesting question. Um, it might well be that you just have to organically have a conversation with an MSP and say, hey, would you like to team and learn the cannabis vertical together? You know what I mean? It's so early, yep. Jim. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's that's where I think the big opportunity is. Now, it's not like, you know, I, I always use the analogy of like, as you're going through a forest or a, a jungle of some sort, if there's already a path beaten down, well, good, it's faster for you, to, for you to go through. But you also know there are a lot of people who have taken that path before. But this is very much, there's a jungle, you've got a sickle, and you're just hatcheting your way through, but you can be the first one there. And this is what also makes me think in terms of having a cannabis uh, community inside the RSPA, invite you, try to recruit some of those MSPs in as well. I have a list, you know, I won't show it on screen uh, here because uh, it has your name on <laughs> it, just so you know, Harry, in a good way. Um, <laughs> but some folks who have said to me, I would definitely be interested in being a part of that. And if we could bring some of those MSPs into it and bring you into it, it just seems like that would be something that could really accelerate the uh, the success because there is nothing out there right now. That's what, you know, kind of what we're talking about is like, oh my gosh, there isn't a community for this. And it seems like we've got an opportunity to make those make those partnerships. I almost feel like we shouldn't be recording this, like we're airing all our uh, strategic stuff, but hey, anybody who's, into, who's listening to well, this, no, well, well, yeah, yeah, well, reach out to us and we'd be happy to make it happen. Yeah, and I'll reach out to you because, uh, quite frankly, as uh, a long time and existing trade association, um, quite frankly, that might be a faster and better way to put together a directory. You know what I'm saying? That yep. um, that's that's not a natural act for us. Now, can I put together a, a, a back-end SQL instance and have a directory? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You can you can do that. Uh, but there's also I, for the folks who spoke at your conference, like I'm looking at them as some of the uh, industry leaders, like Luis Alvarez. I mean, from California, yeah. he was uh, phenomenal. And you'll probably be able to, you know, spin a lot of the names off better than me because you go way back with them. But these were good folks. Um, Blake Schwank, um, I believe, is another one. And so uh, just a lot of good folks to reach out to there who would be a good place to start. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, it again. We've all, everyone listening to this, we've all had a career, and you know, we could all point to, oh man, back in the early day. Do you remember Gray Lancaster in the early SBS days, and he had the nickname Grandpa? Well, that's kind of what you're dealing with. You're kind of dealing with the founding fathers, right? And and in ten years, you're going to be able to say, hey, did you know Luis or Blake? You you met Luis? You you know yeah. him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, wow, really? Like, you knew him? Yeah. And I will say on the RSPA blog, if you just do a quick search on the RSPA site, go rspa.org, and just in the search, do cannabis. Uh, one of the articles we wrote recapping Harry's conference will come up. There's a lot of names in there if you want to start. And again, you can find those folks on LinkedIn. They're, they're very, very accessible. So, well, Harry, before we wrap up, a couple questions for you. What's next for 420 MSP? What do you see in the rest of 2020 and then also into uh, 2021? How do you see your organization morphing to serve the MSP, the solution provider community? Yeah, we're doing a couple of things. So uh, we're, we'll certainly stick to the knitting for now, which is the MSP community that derives from SMB Nation. Um, just did a MailChimp recount the other day, 46,500 email addresses of which I would say 50% of those have a high level of engagement. So they bought my book, they went to my conference, they gave me money. And if you give me money, I consider you a member. But um, so we have a top number and then we have, you know, an engagement number and we're converting those over. And that's not a hard sell, right? The stigma surrounding cannabis has um, largely disappeared over the last couple of years. So uh, that's number one. Number two, um, in 2021, I think you'll see us reach out to the IT Pro community, uh, much like a, a large community we partner with occasionally called Spiceworks out of Austin, Texas. So they're five million members. Um, their success is well-earned, but they're IT Pro, right? So that's going to be what I call the Dilbert Cubicle Dweller, the network admin who maybe works for a Canadian uh, well, I believe they're Canopy, one of the, one of the big dogs that can play when things are federally legal, right? All of a sudden you have enterprises when it goes federal legal. Right now it's still more SMB, which doesn't have a high density of IT pros. They they tend to use the computer guy or MSP on the side. Um, but we're 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 going to have a conversation with the IT pros, so we want to uh, go there. And then uh, finally, we'll be partnering. So. Um, and you know this from being in media, and, and you and I, in fact, have partnered, but uh, media's, well, not all media organizations, let me preface this, some, some are not partnering friendly, but most are, in my experience, because we're all in this together, right? And, and we understand, may, of course, you know, there's going to be a Venn diagram with some overlap, and we're occasionally going to compete, but, you know, doggone it, we can have a beer at 5 p.m., you know what I mean? And and more importantly, the, the synergy, um, some of the publishers out there uh, don't have a great technology message. Here's what I mean, and I'll, I'll hold my piece, is when you look at some magazines that speak towards cannabis technology, and, and there's some out there, and there's some uh, publishers, um, to them that means test labs. So when they say technology, that's going to be testing for contamination, insecticides, uh, the quality of the product. So, you know, you, you get the certificate of authenticity in terms of the chemical nature of the product and that kind of thing. So, so think of test labs is what they call technology by and large. 
we think of uh, DNS, TCP IP, cloud, <laughs> cybersecurity, backup, and so on. And I think there's an opportunity for me to carry that message into some media partnerships because no one's quite doing that. And I, I do not have a desire to run a magazine again, did it for seven years, thank you very much. Um, I'd rather team. <laughs> I, I agree. I think most publishers are, who are former publishers uh, are in the same boat uh, as you. No, no desire to go back. The, the heydays of that are unfortunately in, in the rearview mirror. Also, I, I'll let everybody know what's next for Harry and 420 MSP. August 26th and 27th, the RSPA Academy Education Symposium. Uh, there's going to be a panel, Cannabis 101, Understanding Your Opportunity. Harry's going to be part of that, and we'll be uh, announcing registration for that soon, so you can you can check it out. My last question for you, Harry, is we're running out of time, and we love asking our guests this. Can you recommend for our audience a book to read? You've already given us some online resources to follow, a podcast to listen to that'll help them improve their organization, and you cannot say how to be an MSP by Harry Brelsford. But uh, yeah. talk about something else that you haven't uh, haven't produced besides the websites you already mentioned. Anything to help yeah. somebody, maybe not from a cannabis perspective, from a general how to run a business in the, in the IT well, channel perspective. Yeah, I'm preparing for this. I have a couple of how to run a business, and then I'm gonna try to recall a, a, a pretty decent cannabis publisher. I'm hoping it's just one uh, arm reach away. It's probably not. Jim, maybe I can get you the link for the third publisher I'm gonna mention. but. Uh, the first one is The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Okay, so th this is Business 101, and that's a big part of my being. And not only did I read it, but it, it's almost like a buy. I have margin notes, okay? I mean, this is almost like the Holy Bible, man. And here's the other cool thing. I, I got this on Audible. I'm not a big user of Audible, but I got it on Audible. And it really is cool to read a book and then listen to a book. That's the first one I ever did on that. And then I owe a lot of my success to the E-Myth Revisited by Gerber, um, a ISV uh, in the traditional SMB Nation space, a gentleman who was very early in multi-factor authentication. I mean, I'm talking, it's not a stretch to say 20 years ago, and he got acquired by a large ISV in MySpace, and uh, his success is well-deserved. But he, he gave me this book. He said, Harry, I care about you. I'm going to give you this book. And he's Canadian, and Canadians are nice. So he sent me the book. <laughs> and, <laughs> but the e-myth is, uh, you know, work, become the owner. So don't, don't just be the pie maker at the bakery, even though you own the bakery. Become the bakery owner, right? Work on the business. And, and of course, within it, you still need to, mm -hmm. you know, keep keep it real but those are two that come together and then uh the the link i'm going to get to you wish i'd had that handy um was uh, uh a harvard law professor uh, a few years ago wrote some books on compliance and and how to uh, open a dispensary and how to be a grower and this and that now it's a little top heavy on the legal side and that's okay we have compliance issues and regulations um, but Jim, I'll tell you, I, I bought his, uh, it's basically a marijuana business plan book, um, $99. The others were priced like Westlaw books at $4.95, and, and I don't yeah. play in that game. Bought the $99 book at MJ BizCon a few years ago. People were like 12 deep trying to buy his books, and that actually yeah. motivated me. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you yeah. that link. 
All right. That, that'd be great. I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, Harry, that Michael Gerber spoke at an RSPA Retail Now event, I don't know, seven years ago. He keynoted. I got to meet him there. And then uh, I had reached out to him and then he ended up getting back to me. I did a series of webinars with him or it was me interviewing Michael Gerber one on one. And I can tell you that guy is the same off the stage as he is on the stage. Yeah. Like he is a no. That guy is true to himself and he's eccentric. Right. I mean, yeah, he, but he he's super opinionated, but very much in terms of instructional. He doesn't have a well, you do whatever you want. He's like, this is the right way to do it. Like he's got a proven methodology. So he's a one of a kind, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. A unique economic talent, as we say, like yeah, a, a pro a, football a player. <laughs> wonderful. And again, I would recommend How to Be an MSD by Harry Brailsford as well. Well, we are out of time and we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and to the Trusted Advisor so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us where you find your favorite podcast. The more stars, the better is my personal philosophy. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, you can check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, thanks again very much to my good friend, Harry Brelsford, for sharing his wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSPA Marcom manager, Chris Arnold, for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody. 